Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Yes, moving, moving, moving on. Hey, hey, Chris is still at church. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, I've I've been surprised by one thing or another while I'm managing a thirty-five foot ladder by myself in here a time or two and let a word or two slip. It's all good. <laughs> um, but that's what happens whenever you're trying to do light work by yourself for twelve hours. Um, I got it done and it looks good. So that's all that matters. Uh, yep. Okay. Let's go ahead. I've got the recording started. So we, uh, I'll go ahead and give it a few moments of semi-silence and we will get going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And as always, I am joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, guys? I'm good. Excellent. Oh, I'm all thrown off. Electrolytes are off. I've been traveling nonstop. This is my third hotel this week. So. Hey, I'm, now, I'm, let's keep I'm, it positive. Let's keep I'm, it upbeat. I'm maintaining. I ate a pound of steak <laughs> and a half pound salad for dinner, so I'll yeah. be all right. The, 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 the pictures sound or the pictures looked great. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I, you know, being the guy that, that, at least for us, coin the frame Carnovember, I will give it a pass. <laughs> yeah. It was happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and you were you your workouts are hard enough. You need to do a little bit of a carb reload every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So so I am nowhere near that that point yet. Um one of these days I will be, hopefully, but I, I, I'm not there yet. So um I have no excuses. I can totally live on me. Um, anyway, we are, uh, by the time that this airs, which should be the week before Thanksgiving, um, we are in continuing to be in the throes of, uh, car November, like I said. And so that's exciting. That's been really good. Um, I feel like my having been, uh, pure carnivore now this, this week and, um, kind of transitioning into that in the week or two before that. Uh, it, it really is kind of putting my body into into some additional balance that it wasn't in before, probably because it means that I'm restricting or staying away from the keto treats or keto, keto-ish keto friendly treats that I sometimes will uh, get at the convenience store, the protein bars that are low carb or whatever. Um, I'm not doing those. And so I'm I'm not adding a whole bunch of extra crap and uh, I've got lots of energy. So that's been a really good thing. How's it been for you, Jim? I think this is your first foray into carnivore. Yes. And I, I will start off by saying I have, I have flunked the perfection, but with a caveat in that, um, I traveled for a work training, um, earlier this week and they said, you're all going to go out for lunch for an hour. Like, okay, that means menu. That means you can pick and all that other good stuff. And really, I've been going to the very basic uh, bacon cheeseburger, um, like just 
doubling up on those whenever I go anyplace. So instead, uh, for my work training, they brought food in. And so it was salad, um, green beans with bacon, uh, breaded chicken fingers, um, these uh, baked, or no, I wouldn't even call them baked potatoes, potatoes cut in half and then just doused with bacon and cheese and all kinds of stuff um, and chocolate chip cookies. So I did what I had to do and did the green beans with bacon and the salad with ranch dressing. Again, not perfect. I'm admitting it, but I, I it doesn't matter. It's something. What, yeah. It's what you had. It's yeah. It's what you had. And by that point you probably had, you had breakfast. Uh, no, I typically am not a breakfast person. So, okay. so um, you were 16, 18 hours fasted by then. Probably. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You need to so do I was something. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did have one guy at the table ask me, he's like, why are you eating so much salad? Because I was like, I've got to have something. So I had like a plate full of salad, small scoop of green beans. And I went, got back a small bowl of salad. And he's like, dude, are you a rabbit? Like, it's a long story. Just let me have it. So, um, don't judge. Don't judge. Well, so. well, well, you didn't go all, you're eating poison on him. So I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> yeah. As he sat there and drank his, um, name not to be mentioned energy drink and knocked back um like five chicken fingers and whatnot i'm like dude you no don't do this but i i I kept quiet the the things that we now look back at our old way of eating our old selves and go how and why did i ever let myself do that i've asked myself that question many a time at this point well, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's good. Alberto, you kind of gave us a recap already, but you, you took a visit to Baton Rouge this week. I did, and not for leisure reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, work sent me out here. I had to tow the trailer out here, which was fun when, you know, I-10 is almost all construction. Yeah. But, uh, and that actually leads me to my, my call-out. Remember uh, Blake, I'm going to assume it's Raka, or maybe it's Raka. Apparently, he's from Baton Rouge, saw what I posted, and actually had a, a dinner recommendation for me since I was in his neighborhood. Unfortunately, you know, I was out here with a group for work, so it, I couldn't just break away like I would normally do when I'm all by myself. So uh, I will definitely keep that restaurant in mind uh, if I ever come back here. And then if I ever come back here myself, I'll definitely be hitting him up and seeing what he's up to. Very cool. Very cool. It's always um, exciting and interesting to see how how many of us there are in so many different places. We're almost at 3000 members in the Facebook group right now. That's just, wow. That's just really cool. But we're all over the place. Um, next time I go to Kansas city uh, to visit my family, I'm going to make sure that I put a call out and say, Hey, Kansas city people, I know you're out here. Midwest people, you are those of you in Omaha, come down, let's have a meetup. Let's do something because uh, the Midwest oftentimes gets looked over. As you know, Jim. <laughs> you, know. Yes. you know, I'm just I'm just sitting here in the 40 degree weather and smiling, so it's yeah. okay. Oh, and I got a fun fact. I got a fun fact. Oh, oh, oh! All along the I-10 corridor, it's one highway. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is closer to my house than El Paso, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive. That that of course just speaks to how how large Texas is. Um, uh, in that regard. So yeah, it's just, it's freaking, freaking long. Um, <laughs> it's wide. Cause wide, you know, Austin wide. is right smack. Well, I don't say right smack in the middle. Austin is considered central Texas. So I'm kind of in the middle of Texas. <laughs> so to, to think that to go 
far west Texas is farther away than the next state over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Okay, well, uh, let's get, dig into our other callouts real quickly. Jim, who do you got? Um, I have a gentleman, Matt Gottlieb, who posted up a Transformation Tuesday photo of a before and after. Um, he is a grandfather, and so his before photo is him with his grandson. Um, and he doesn't give the numbers in the post, but um, it is a dramatic transformation from the before and after kind of thing. He's been doing keto for about seven months. He's going. Uh, he's been four weeks in the gym, three to five times a week. Uh, so he has made some big strides. You can definitely see the jawline. You can see the uh, gut shrinking and things like that. So Matt Gottlieb is my uh, man of the week. Very cool. And I'm calling out Travis Edwards. He um, posted in late October. He said he did it first time in the actual fitness club gym. In about 29 years, loved it. I spent an hour and a half trying to figure out machines and get some idea about what routine I could do. I feel like a million bucks right now. Tired, but a good tired. Sincerely want to say thanks to the guys in the group. This way so much, the the way so many of you crush it daily inspires me to do this. I feel like this is a huge next step in my evolution. I'm so grateful. Um, I, you know, he's not... He's not yet a small dude, but there's a lot of big dudes in our, in our group and a lot of formerly big dudes in our group. And the truth is just stepping foot in that gym is a bigger step than most people going on their yo-yo diets and all of that, in my personal opinion, because it's a step towards severe uncomfortableness. Uh, because it, when you're big, I, I remember when I was I had only just, I'd, I'd lost 40 pounds and I still felt huge. And so I started Camp Gladiator and totally felt inadequate of being there. But I got there and I did it and it was, it was great. So he's going to win. I know that. I can tell that. So good job on you, Travis. Okay. So uh, today we have a guest as usual. And uh, this, this guest we bring in because he has an incredible story that we want to hear. That's number one. But number two, he's going to be help, able to help give us some ideas about the food world. He kind of maybe has a tiny bit of background in food production, restauranteur, uh, and uh, being a chef. So uh, welcome, Frank Culinary Lion, to the podcast. How's it going? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's great to have you. So uh, we like to start out at the beginning, and we're, we're going to start with your story first, and then we'll kind of dig into the food stuff afterwards. Um, but uh, let, give, give us uh, kind of your, your road up to uh, and into your, your realizing that you needed a health, you know, needed a health transformation and, and things like that. Talk, talk to us about that. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of been a long, windy road, a lot of bumps, a lot of bruises, a lot of, uh, you know, I was definitely uh, someone who's been on the yo-yo diet, who's been up and down, tried different things. You know, I've, I've had success doing different diets, but there was no longevity. So, you know, I'd lose 50 pounds and then it would come back and then it would come back worse. And then not only did I kind of feel defeated at the same time, but I would also, you know, just kind of go back into the old habits. So it, it was kind of a roller coaster, but, uh, 
we'll start back. Um, I was actually an athlete, uh, you know, high school, college. I, I pitched. I played baseball. I played basketball. Um, I was always a bigger guy. I mean, I was 6'5", probably 250 when I was 16 years old. Um, but, you know, I, I threw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. I was, you know, doing really well. And then uh, I start college, and I blow out my elbow and my ankle within two months of each other. Uh, and so that kind of derailed the athletics. And then I fell back on cooking, which was something I grew up with. I always had kind of odd jobs. Um, I was a dishwasher uh, working at some restaurants part time. And then once the baseball kind of, you know, thing kind of ended, I started uh, getting into the restaurant business and treating that a little bit more seriously. And Though I love cooking, I will always love cooking. It's in the restaurant business has taught me, you know, so many lessons about life and everything else. It's also been a very, you know, you know, detrimental thing to me as far as a lot of the vices that go on. Um, you know, I started eating, I started drinking, uh, you know, started dabbling with uh, certain illicit substances, you know, and this was all before my 21st birthday. Um, and then, you know, but I, I got, I got through it and that was kind of the restaurant business is kind of like you know, a lot of other you know lines of work where it's like, suck it up, do your job. So we do a lot of self-medicating. So as time would go on, you know, I, we go out after, you know, a long Friday night at the restaurant and we drink. And then what do you do after you drink at two in the morning? You eat pizza. You know, and then you fall asleep at, you know, four in the morning and then you wake up and you do it all over again. So the, the cycle just kind of kept on going and going and going. And uh, but my career kept going and I kept getting better jobs. I was opening bigger restaurants. Uh, I think I took my first chef job at 21 or 22. Um, and then, you know, I started running multiple locations. I was uh, in I'm in the mid-Atlantic area, kind of between uh, Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. But uh, I've opened a couple restaurants down at the beach, um, you know, in Delaware, a couple other places. And uh, so my career started taking off. But as my career started taking off, my health really started to decline. So um, that was kind of. And and again, I had numerous wake up calls. It wasn't like one single epiphany that uh, hit me, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, I got to make this change. But uh, it took. Um, I'll give you the short version. But I basically, about five years ago, I uh, got an infection, and they still don't know what it was. But they think it might have been me. Uh, I deal with a lot of seafood and cleaning fish, but I got an infection. Basically, went into septic shock, went into a coma. Uh, almost died. And luckily, I was at one of the best hospitals on the planet. And, you know, my weight complicated things. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've always been a big guy. Um, but I had gotten huge. Uh, we'll just we'll, we'll sugarcoat it, get it out of the way. I got up over 700 pounds. And I know when you hear that number, it just sounds astronomical, and it doesn't make any logical sense. But I got that big. And I could still stand up and I could still work. And that's the, that's the part that blows a lot of people away is that you think 700 pounds, you know, I'm literally bedridden and, you know, practically dead. And I was practically dead, but I could still, you know, get up and 
you know, it wasn't pretty and I couldn't, you know, I was leaning on every counter in the room and, you know, working my way around. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I finally, well, and one thing just for people know, you're not short either. No, no, no. I'm, I'm about six, five. Um, you know, I, I was never going to be a little guy. I was, you know, I, gosh, I, even when I was 12, um, you know, I remember my eighth grade photo. I was almost a foot taller than every kid in my class, <laughs> you know? So uh, that's why athletics definitely seemed like, you know, that was going to be the path. And then, like I said, I got into the culinary side of things. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always had, and you know, one of the guys that I work with, a uh, trainer that I work with, um, you know, he always refers to me as the onion and we just got to keep peeling back the layers. He goes, there's a, there's a very strong athlete underneath all of this. And so as you know, this journey's kind of gone on, we're just, you know, one by one, just peeling back the layers and, uh, and, and I'm still going, I'm, I'm down, uh, almost 300 pounds now. So, um, like I said, I still got a long way to go. Um, but the thing is, is that when you lose 300 pounds, you know, that's normally, you know, people throw the ticker tape parade, everything's back to normal. You're great. Da, da, da. For me, you know, I, I still got, you know, I don't know what my end goal is. I really don't. I've kind of left it wide open. I don't want to put like a, a stamp number on anything. Um, I just want to keep going. So, you know, I'm incredibly healthy from a blood work perspective. My doctor claims that I'm the healthiest obese person he's ever seen. Um, and I, I attribute a lot of that to the ketogenic diet. And I would say that though I've tried a lot of things and sorry to be long winded, I'm trying no, no, to condense you're, you're, you're 20 years of, of ups and downs <laughs> into a five minute story. And we can go into any parts of this later, but uh, basically about three, we'll say three years, I really got into keto. Uh, it all started with intermittent fasting for me. Um, one of the guys I was working with uh, was talking about intermittent fasting. I was fascinated by the idea of it. And uh, as time went on, you know, you kind of go down a rabbit hole. And uh, I went from fasting and then transitioned into keto. I still intermittent fast. I, I would say I do 16 to 18 hours daily. And then, you know, once a week I'll do a 24 hour fast, but, uh, I've done extended fast for up to five days before. So, well, at, at now around 400 pounds of, uh, of, of weight, you probably still have a lot of easily readily available energy stored right there on your body. And so extended fast probably do come a little easier to you once you get past the mental uh, hurdle. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, you can't say I'm starving to death, you know, <laughs> at no point <laughs> is that an acceptable excuse. So then everything just kind of becomes mental and that's where the game, you know, is played where, you're hungry, you know, you, your, your body's like telling you you're hungry, but you're like, no, 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 no. We've got plenty. There, there's a little bit on the legs. There's a little bit, you know, the midsection. Why don't you have that for dinner? And, you know, it's kind of just getting your body used to that. And, and it's hard some days. I mean, some days fasting is easy for me. And some days it's just, it's just a mental chess match of who's going to break first and who's going to, you know, you know, who's going to have the stability. And some days I screw up, you know, um, I think my screw ups are, 
you know, my, my old screw ups used to be eat a pizza and drink a half a bottle of vodka. Now my screw ups are, I had a quest bar and I don't like the macros on it, you know? (laughs) So it's, it's, it's amazing perspective, you know, to see what I used to call a cheat meal versus what I call a cheat meal now. You know, it's like I had carrots yesterday. Good Lord. So. (laughs) Right on. So you were able to get started uh, in your chosen career, like obviously very, very young. How, how old are you now? I uh, just turned 40 uh, last month. Oh, yeah, we're the same age. <laughs> so the career's been, been treating you good. Um, kind of ran through your health real quick. You can go back into that if, if you want to. But uh, I'm a little more interested at this moment of, of how you were able to steer your career into what it is now and maybe start off by what it is you do now. Cause you, you do quite a bit. You're a busy man. Well, right now, you know, the, the thing about the restaurant business is I actually about two years ago quit my job. So I left officially the restaurant business. Um, and, uh, it was kind of a mutual decision between the owners, of the, uh, the restaurant group that I worked with. Um, it had just gotten to be where I had to choose, between my own personal health and the good of the restaurant. So we kind of had a talk and we kind of came to a decision of how we could work this out. Um, you know, I didn't want to leave them hanging. They were very good to me, but at the end of the day, I had to make a decision to do what was best for me. So, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to take a little bit of time off. Um, and then I kind of just started taking pictures of my food. You know, I, I'd never taken any professional photography. I had never done anything like that. And to this day, I'm still far from a professional, but, um, I was able to get enough interest from some smaller companies and, uh, started working with some brands and I started a website, uh, in a blog where, and that's uh, culinarylion.com. And uh, I just started making recipes. And so I do that, that for myself, uh, for my own website. And then I also create content for some other uh, brands. So that is, that's kind of what my day-to-day is uh, now. Um, is, you know, I'm basically full-time recipe development. And uh, so it, it allows me to eat healthy foods, stay keto, do exactly all, all the things that have been keeping me on track um but now doing that in a different way so you know instead of you know all those unhealthy foods that i used to make for the restaurant i'm able to kind of you know for lack of a better term ketofy them and make my own versions and uh and and make a living doing it so let's talk about the 700 pound number um because that's that's a big number for sure what what were you doing? Was this just massive amounts of food being consumed? Was this uh, apathetic attitude? I'm not even going to try and work out kind of thing because that's that's a lot of weight to put on, especially when you were would you say six five and two fifty in high school? I mean that's kind of I mean that's not that's not small, but that's not huge for your height and everything. So wh- how did you get to that seven hundred number? Well, you know. To, to say that I gave up on life would be the understatement. I think that I just fell into this trap of, I was at, by the end of it. And when I, when I finally hit, you know, around, see, I didn't weigh myself. I would say after 450 to 500 pounds, you know, I didn't own a scale. I had basically just said, 
I'm, I've given up. I, I was drinking every day. I was eating, you know, and, and I, I found a way to justify everything. I, I, you know, I would work a long night in the restaurant and I said, well, I must've burned off those calories. And I mean, it's, I, I look at it now and, you know, we just said, you know, my, I just hit my 40th birthday and I'm like, I could have just gone back in time 10 years ago and sat down with, you know, 30 year old Frank and had this conversation and been like, dude, don't give up, you know? And I did, I flat out gave up. I was convinced two to three years ago that I was just going to go to sleep and not wake up the next day. That was just, that was how I was going to go out. And I had a good run and that was it. So I might as well just enjoy the, the, the slow burn down. And, and I think that's what happened. And I think that what got me back on track and what convinced me to actually, you know, care again was, I think everybody had written me off and they, they should have, you know, I'd written myself off and it's, it's hard because you have all these people around you that want to help you. And, you know, you know, people make comments it's like, Frank, you got to take care of yourself. And, you know, and what's the first thing they tell you to do is, you know, everybody wants to give advice, but nobody knows what to tell you. And like I said, I've tried all these other diets and it failed me. And, that's just, that, that breaks your spirit. So at the end of it, I just, I just didn't care. And I just, I just let it go. So was there some sort of catalyst? Was there one moment where the light bulb came on or was keep, it just kind of a gradual evolution of getting back into gear, so to speak? I think there was, there was this feeling. I don't know if there was this moment, you know, I'd gotten sick, I'd lived through it. Um, you know, I might say that my, my nephew being born, you know, I, I don't have any kids myself. Um, and you know, I wanted to be around for him. I, I don't have that cliche thing. I mean, I literally try to come up with it in my head and I'm like, Oh, well, that would sound good in a book, you know? And I just don't. And it's funny. I think what happened was when I finally started fasting and I, I started doing keto, it was the first time I'd ever done something that I felt like I could do long term. And so the fact that I had something sustainable in front of me that was giving me the results I wanted was the motivation to keep it going. And so, you know, you lose 50 pounds. And yes, I'd lost 50 pounds before. I lost 100 pounds and I want to say less than six months. Um, you know, and just to have that, like when, when I lost that first hundred pounds, I was, you know, that's, I think when it kicked in for me, you know, when I actually started to believe in it, you know, cause like I said, I'd lost 50, I'd lost 75 pounds, uh, you know, a couple times before in life. And then I just gained it back and more. But when I finally hit the triple digits in weight loss, I was like, all right, this is it. We, we figured it out. Now let's move forward. Let's, let's kick it into high gear. Right. Great. Now I got, a, I got a cousin that cooks and, you know, I'm also in the blue collar industry and I, I don't want to gloss over the fact something that you had talked about before about self-medicating and, uh, and it's, and, and I'm sure it's the same for you, but it's almost taken as a point of pride at like how much you can go out and hang out and drink and have a great time, but still be able to show up the next day at work 
and function. And I don't want to say it's like a contest, but the the harder you can party and the more you can show up and still pull off a successful day is almost congratulated in these industries. Oh, it's a badge of courage. You know, it's, it's, let's put it this way. I was, I was the Mike Tyson of drinking everyone under the table. You know, if, if you put a handle of Tito's in front of me by the end of the night, that bottle was damn near gone, you know, and I could do it. I, you know, the, I could soak up that vodka with a pizza, pass out, get up four to five hours later and do it again, you know, and go, and go to work. And it, it, it sickens me to think that's what I was good at, you know, but it was, and, and it was encouraged, you know, I was a lot of people's hero, you know, how, how sick and screwed up is that? But, I really was. I mean, that was how I was a badass. Absolutely. That's intense. It, it, it's one of those things I, I somehow managed never to, to get into the, the trap of heavily drinking or any of that type of stuff, largely due to the way that I was raised and things like that. But I, from the few times that I have gone overboard I don't even want to ever feel that. Like, I don't like that feeling. And to, to think that that was kind of the place that you lived in that, that is crazy for me to, to, or that that's hard for me to, to understand completely. Um, so one of the things that, that are, are, I, th- I think you, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Mike, um, but uh, one of the things that he mentions about his story was his family and, and the people around him, after he had already started losing weight, coming up and saying, oh, thank God you're not going to die. What's that been for you and, and your family and your friends and your circle? What, what's their response been now? What was their response before? Oh, it's I mean, it's definitely been positive. You know, I, I, I think I have the best relationship. You know, one of the other things, and this was a side effect, is I have a better relationship now with my family than I ever did before. and. I think a lot of that's the fact that I'm not partying. I'm not working 70 hours a week at a restaurant. Um, you know, I didn't see my nephew. I want to say until he was a year old, you know, I didn't, I didn't even go home because I, I just, I never went home. I lived a very nomadic life. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I would travel basically what I would do is I would open restaurants for a company. So, I would be in a town, I would live there, I'd rent a house, live there with, you know, a couple other managers, um, you know, and, and it would always end up kind of being a party house by the end of the, you know, summer. And that's, you know, that was my nomadic life. And now I'm able to see my family almost on a daily basis. I think they're sick of me at this point. <laughs> and uh, in, a, in a very good way, obviously. But yeah, I've I've been able to rekindle a lot of relationships with friends and family that I lost, but I've also had to cut out a lot of people from my life. There's a lot of people from my past that, yeah, it, it, I don't want to say they're bad people. They're not bad people, but they're just not good for me. And I, you know, there's been some tough conversations with people that I enjoyed hanging out with that now they just they don't know me anymore. And I, I feel bad in a way that, you know, I'm a different person, but 
I've at the end of the day, I keep saying it, it's, it's gotta be what's best for me right now. I've, I gave a lot of myself over the years and now I'm, I'm being selfish for myself and for my family. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's completely a fair statement. And it's like, it's like they, they don't fit anymore. You know, like the, the guy, the, the hardcore, like I used to be the biggest beer snob, like the biggest beer snob. Like you, you wouldn't catch me drinking a beer unless it was like the skunkiest, craftiest IPA you could find. <laughs> and, you know, and, and living in living, even when I first moved to Texas before I was keto, like a, a handful of my friends are, are legit master brewers. You know, they know what they're doing. And it was just a regular thing to go over there and, you know, hey, we just brewed this, we just brewed this. And, and you know, we're still friends, but the, the socializing has definitely taken a turn because, like, that just doesn't fit with, with my direction anymore. You know, and, and that's the way that kind of goes. And, and, and on like the flip side of that, the beauty of, of this, this online social network community is that you can still surround yourself with people that are like-minded and with like goals, even if they're not physically near you. And, and I always make the joke that like I, every once in a great while, like I'll post something health or fitness related, like on my personal page on Facebook. And the only people that ever comment or respond or like it are the friends I have that are also in keto and the fitness community. Like my regular friends, absolutely zero interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> it, it's 100% true. I had somebody, uh, an old friend of mine called me up and wanted to meet up and they wanted to meet at a bar. And I told him, I said, Hey, why don't we meet for lunch? Why don't we get a cup of coffee or something? And they, they kind of blew me off. They're like, yeah, no, we're good. And, and I just, I realize it. And there's, and that's their choice. And that's, that's what's good for them right now. But if, if somebody only wants to drink with me, you know, or only wants to do something detrimental with me, I have to step aside and say that's you know probably not the best person to be hanging out with, and then vice versa. Like you just said, there's so many people, uh, Gourmet, and you know you guys, and you know Aaron, and you know, I, and now that you know after KetoCon, I got to meet a lot of these people in person, which adds a whole level of you know friendship to it when you actually get to you know hang out with some of these people in person. You know, I'm I'm counting down the days to come back to Texas next year. Yeah, probably for the fellowship, but also for the brisket. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I, I tell you, we, they, they were kind enough to take me on a tour at Terry Black's. And the moment I got back to Maryland, I uh, went out and I bought a brisket and I smoked it. And they just the time in Texas that I spent stepped up my brisket game, you know, tenfold. So uh, on top of everything else, thank you for all the brisket lessons, Texas. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Frank, Frank, as a side note, just know that everybody in the Keto Man's Club that goes to KetoCon, we are all renting one house, and it's going to be kind of like a uh, reality show for a couple of days or whatnot. So just be prepared. There's going to be 800 cameras and all that as well. <laughs> and 800 wow. pounds of meats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm probably going to drive my truck down again so we can fill it up with brisket at Costco and we can, uh, we can head back to the house. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good yeah we've we have legit actually looked at, at the options for an airbnb or two um in the the downtown area trying to to figure out if we can get a group of us all together and how how cost effective it would be to to split a space so that's that's something that we're still working on detail wise but it would be really cool to get to hang out um 
day and night just because it would be nice to, to be able to, to do that. And of course you're welcome to join us. Um, I, I think, uh, you are, have, well, I know for a fact you have a close relationship with the Alterna Suites folks. Um, they're some of the people that you work with and I actually had a chance to hang out with Misty the other day and, and uh, at a meetup here in Austin. It was really great to, to hear them. They, they spoke um, very good things about you. <laughs> so. No, they, they've been great people. You know, they were one of the first uh, companies that actually reached out and, uh, you know, I started doing some work with. Um, and uh, it, it it's great when you actually love a product, you know, and I've been, I've been selective of who I've worked with. I don't, if it's not something I would eat and not something I would use on a regular basis, I really just try to avoid it. Um, it's, and that's just a personal choice because, you know, if I'm going to be working with something every day and creating recipes, I want to be able to eat it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I didn't like their sauces, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to work with them because I would just be throwing away perfectly good meat um but luckily it's it's delicious it's it's my favorite keto barbecue sauce so i end up using that quite a bit yeah absolutely i've got three bottles of it at home after the meetup that missy uh graciously gifted me with and so uh we will be using those um i've avoided them because of car november but after car november's over i will uh start using them um they're just uh i'm trying as best as i can to keep those uh those uh, even the vegetable carb uh, sources down as much as I possibly can right now. Um, with that being said, let's shift gears unless the the other guys have any other questions about your story at this point. No, I think we're good, man. I think I think we we covered a quite a bit of it in in quite a short amount of time, and and I know that, that there's a lot of other things we can go into with Frank. He's a fascinating guy, so I'm good with moving on. Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's dive into the food realm. Um, I and don't know how much you prepared for this. We did kind of give you the heads up that that um, we kind of wanted to focus on uh, at least somewhat on uh, the idea of preparing for Thanksgiving. What can people do uh, food wise and probably just preparedness wise, like mental preparedness? What would your suggestions be? So kind of let's give you the floor for a moment and then we can kind of if we have any follow up questions, we can. What what? How would you make Thanksgiving a success while keto? Well, I mean, it's you you start with the bird, you know, you know, I I would say that obviously look at the things that you can have instead of worrying about the things that you can't have. Um, So my family, we always did a turkey and a ham. So right off the bat, you got two different meats to choose from and you make those the star of the show. Um, we could talk for literally three days on the different ways to cook turkey. Um, personally, I do love a deep fried turkey. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty fantastic. It can get a little pricey because you don't want to use the garbage oils, um, you know, the canolas and the stuff like that. So, um, getting a, uh, you know, a giant pot of avocado oil, because you're going to want something that's going to burn at a high heat. But uh, if you can get your hands on even some lard, uh, some you know decent lard, and frying a turkey in lard, first of all, that sounds amazing to me. Um, and then, uh, so that's that's one way to go. Uh, smoking a turkey. I think I'm probably going to end up smoking a turkey this year. Um, and then, as far as the sides go, um, green bean casserole. Uh, that's always a pretty solid one. 
that, you know, you got your green beans. You can make a cream of mushroom soup very, very easily. You don't have to buy the stuff in the can. You know, a little bit of heavy cream, some butter, and some mushrooms, and you're basically there. Um, and uh, I've actually got a recipe for that on the website. So No way. Um, <laughs> you 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 wouldn't think that but uh yes i and it's funny between now and thanksgiving i'm actually going to be hammering out a lot more side dish type recipes but uh you can get into things like the fall squashes that are out uh delicata squash has been really big acorn squash um so yeah and, and some of these are going to be higher carb than i think we normally consume you know and if if we are doing you know a, a carnivore november obviously just, you know, hack yourself off a turkey leg and, you know, go, go to town. Um, I'm going to back you up for a second about this green bean casserole, because maybe this is a regional thing. But in Indiana, a green bean casserole is only a green bean casserole if you do the French fried onions with it. I'm going to agree with you. So but... I'm wondering about uh, <laughs> doing uh, pork rinds. I just, I just I, well, I don't know. Funny you should mention that. I have a recipe on my website that has a green bean casserole topped with pork rinds. Well, there we go, Frank. <laughs> so so I, I have solved all of your problems. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. Crispy fried onions are freaking delicious, you know, and, and they are. And I actually did a blog. I have two green bean casserole recipes on my website. One of them is made topped with pork rinds, and one of them is honestly topped with uh, French onion. Uh, or the uh, the crispy onions. And what I looked at is it's about two t- tablespoons for three carbs. Um, it's, it really depends on your perspective. I'm not a preacher. I'm not someone that's going to beat somebody up because of their food choices. I lay it out there. I give you options. Um, sometimes uh, if somebody, you know, wants to, I, I hate the term, but, you know, dirty keto, whoop. Still here? Yep. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. We, we're still here. We still got you. Okay. All right. Should I continue? Yeah, go ahead and um, start from the the dirty keto thing. Okay. Yeah, I hate the term, but, you know, dirty keto, you know, a lot of people do that, and that works for them. So I'm not going to tell them they're wrong because that's what they do. But then I'm not going to turn around and tell Danny Vega he's wrong. Because he's, you know, very clean, you know, eating organ meat kind of guy, you know, um, I don't think anybody's wrong. And I think finding that balance for who you are is the best way to do it. So a lot of times when I write a recipe, I give you options. Um, Yes, you could put nothing on top of it and have a green bean casserole with just kind of that cream of mushroom soup type of thing. And you could you could have that and it'll be delicious. If you want to get crazy and you want to put some fried onions on there, do that. If that's what you're doing, do it. Um, so I try to not be too preachy with my recipes. I try to lay out the options and say, you do what's best for you. This is what I think you could do as, you know, alternative options. So, um, you know, the pumpkin pie, I might skip that and I might do like a pumpkin cheesecake. It's going to be higher fat. You only need a little bit of pumpkin in it to make it taste good. Um, so, yeah, you can get around Thanksgiving. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, if you're going to your grandmother's house and she's not preparing a keto Thanksgiving, yeah, you're going to have to dodge a lot of landmines. Um, but 
in that case, I would just say stick to the meat as much as you can. Um, if you're cooking it at home and doing your own thing, then yeah, make, I, I always make some cauliflower mash for myself. I end up making a keto gravy that I can use with it. And if I've got cauliflower mash, gravy, ham and turkey and the green bean casserole, I mean, that, I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's enough for me. I'm good with that. Yeah. The cauliflower mash is one of those things that I, I don't even like mashed potatoes in comparison to it anymore. I far prefer yeah. the cauliflower mash or the cauliflower alternatives anymore. And it just, it has more flavor. It has uh, that little tiny bit of a, a spice to it for whatever reason. I have no clue what, you know, what that comes from, but it, it does. And I, I like that better. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. like that better. So I, uh, yeah, you're totally right. There's uh, for any of us, there are great options out there to where we can choose to stay keto. Um, I just, and, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and just to kind of tie this all together, uh, and for those that haven't put it together yet, like when I posted in, uh, that pizza crust recipe and I, and I, and I said, you know, Frank here is an assassin in the kitchen. This is the Frank I was talking about. So quickly, like how many recipes do you think you have out there? Right now on culinarylion.com, uh, I've got over 120, I think. And then on top of that, I also write, um, I took over another website for a friend of mine, which is grilling24x7.com. And so that, that website is not all keto, but there's a, there's a section for keto on it. And it's got a ton of grilling recipes. I believe there's three or four turkey uh, recipes on like how to how to grill a turkey using a Weber kettle, um, how to deep fry a turkey. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of holiday recipes on there as well. And there I think there's over two or three hundred. Um, so I try to knock out two to three recipes a week. Um, so if you get bored with the catalog of recipes I've got, just wait a day and I'll have something new for you. <laughs> so. Sticking kind of on the recipe things, there's two. Well, there's one that I want to try and one that I'll never severe from the, the pizza crust that we talked about. Uh, where did that come from? Let's start with that one, and then after that, uh, the one that I want to try that I have yet to try that I just want a little advice on from you is, is your beef heart recipe. So talk about that one. Gotcha. Well, the the pizza, I hate fathead dough. It's such a pain in the ass to make. Yes. It's it's like it's like taking warm bubble gum and throwing it against the wall and trying to make a dough out of it. And, you know, I see these people that get it right. I mean, the window of opportunity where the, the mozzarella is hot enough and, you know, the cream cheese is melted, and, you know, that, that window to actually create that dough is so small and annoying to me that I literally just said, well, the, the stuff's going to melt in the oven anyway. Let's just put it all together, stir it up, and do a, a cast iron pizza crust. And so I, I literally did that. I, I, I think I took a little bit of inspiration from the chaffle craze that's been going on, you know, where it's just cheese and egg. And I took that idea and then I took the fathead dough and I made this beautiful offspring of uh, the cast iron pizza crust. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna and, and it's good. It, it, it's solid. It holds up. And, I can make it in a matter of minutes. I mean, just to, to make the dough, I mean, if you got the ingredients on hand, it literally takes five minutes and you throw it in the oven. 
So, um, and then to answer your second question with the beef hearts, um, yeah, I, I've been messing around more with the, uh, the, the organ meats and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you. Liver is not my favorite thing on the planet. I just, that irony kind of taste just, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't make me happy. So I thought I'd mess with heart and, uh, heart's one of those things where it's pretty easy to work with overall. Um, you can get them frozen from most butcher shops and you do just a little bit of light trimming to kind of get that silver skin off the back of it. And then the biggest key for me is marinating it. So find some flavors, find some spices, you know, go heavy with the salt and try to do as close to a 24 hour marinade as you can, because, uh, beef heart is a very, very lean cut. Um, there, there's almost no fat on it whatsoever. So you really want to try to get some, um, you know, fats incorporated through either a sauce or, you know, grilling it with butter and brushing it. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can do it a hundred different ways. I took kind of a Vietnamese street food approach and, uh, marinated it with, uh, coconut aminos, fish sauce, ginger, garlic. And then, um, I believe I actually used some Alterna sweet in there. And kind of that acidity from the tomato uh, helps it out as far as breaking it down, making it a bit more tender. And then I just put it on skewers, put it on the grill, um, you know, cook it for, you know, really high heat, char it up and then eat it. And it was delicious. So that's definitely a recipe I get a lot of questions about. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's. Let's uh, dive back into you a little bit. Obviously, we've talked about recipes that you've uh, developed and everything, but uh, other than steak, and I'm going to say even other than brisket, what would be your number one keto-friendly food to eat? I, I'm i a sausage connoisseur, I, I tell you. I, I think... In, there, in, there, in, in taste meat, is a gift from the gods. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I bet you know, that's on your bumper sticker, correct? Yeah, I mean, I've got that tattooed on my ass. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a little too far there, Frankie. <laughs> right. do, do, do we go overboard? I apologize. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it, I, I would say, you know, and it's amazing, you know, sausages. Every culture has their sausage. You've got your chorizos. You've got, you know, linguiza. You've got, you know, your German sausages, you know, Irish, you know, bangers and that. You know, there's so many different varieties, but every one of them is practiced. I, I, I've yet to come across a sausage and been like, oh, this is horrible. You know, I have ones I prefer. I'm a big fan of chorizo. I'm a big fan of, obviously, Italian sausage uh, growing up with it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would definitely say outside of, you know, brisket or traditional barbecue or a steak, uh, sausage would be one of my favorites. Cool. Good man. Gents, any other questions? Uh, I'll bet you, Jim. Um, I guess one thing would be, um, are people seeing this change in your attitude? Um, you know, you talked earlier about the friends that, you know, you don't want to go drinking with and things like that, but are others like recognizing what you are doing for yourself and how has that transformation part been going through all of this? It's, it's good. You know, and you see who your friends that are going to stick with you are, 
Um, one of my old chefs that I used to work with years ago, um, we kind of lost touch cause I had moved around a lot and, uh, he's one of the guys I work out with now. He's, he's my workout buddy and you know, he doesn't really drink as much anymore. And, you know, I'm not saying that I like every once in a while, I'd say about once a month, I will have, you know, a, a glass of whiskey or something, but I've reached that point where I really just don't like to drink like I used to. So I can actually sit there and I can appreciate having a sip of, you know, bourbon, um, you know, once a month or on a family occasion. And it's not, I don't have this urge a to show off or impress anyone or feel this obligation. Um, but you know, I've developed new relationships with friends. Um, some have come along with me for the ride and some have chosen to, to, to not be along for that ride. So I think it's just seeing, you know, it's a cliche term, but you, you find out who your friends are and, you do, you know, you, you see who the friends are that, uh, want to be in your life and want to be part of your success story. And those are the people you surround yourself with. So, so we haven't talked about physical activity yet. Um, what has, uh, so this is like way out of order at this point, but, uh, what, what is, uh, working out and physical activity looking like for you at this point? Well, it's gosh, it's amazing because it started out with just being able to, you know, maybe get up out of a chair 10 times in a row, you know, really, really simple stuff. Um, and, but nowadays, uh, you know, I try to do cardio, uh, gosh, it, I almost try to do it seven days a week. I don't always accomplish that. Some days I get a little uh, tied up with life, but try to do about 30 minutes or more a day on the cardio. And I'd say in the last two to three months, I've really started to get into the weight room a little bit. Um, I'm lucky enough. I've got a garage kind of set, set up where I've got dumbbells. Uh, so I'm doing a lot more upper body, um, and, and I still do a lot of body weight exercises, you know, just something like doing arm circles for, you know, a hundred reps forward, hundred reps backward, and then doing calf raises. So I've really been trying to, you know, build up my calves and build up the strength in my legs. Um, so like I have these little things that I do, I, I don't have like a good routine where I go to the gym at 6am every morning and crush a workout. But what I do is I try to pick out moments throughout the day where maybe I do a 10 minute blast of some body weight exercises and some stretches and some stuff like that. So I, I want to eventually be a gym rat and I just don't think I'm there yet. But what I try to do is I try to incorporate small bursts of that into my day. And, uh, and that's been successful so far. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, the strength is, you know, it, it used to be me walking a block was just, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to do it. And, you know, I've got a, uh, an event on Saturday where I'm going to be hoofing it through Washington, D.C. pretty much all day. And I'm not even worried about it, you know. So just having that kind of confidence in my head really helps out. Very cool. Yeah, we all have to find out what what we can do at the moment and what we can um and how, how we can progress that further step-by-step. Step. Uh, that certainly isn't always an easy thing. Um, so, um, so let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. It's, uh, 
been really great getting to dive deep into your story, Frank. Thank you so much for being on. How can people reach you? You kind of alluded to it already, but what websites uh, do you want people to be aware of? How can they connect with you on social and things like that? Uh, I mean, the best place to find me is probably Instagram, and it's uh, at Culinary Lion Tito on Instagram. Um, I, there's also Culinary Lion on Facebook, uh, I, and that's a good place probably. If you wanted to find the recipes, Culinary Lion on uh, Facebook is a great place. I post them every time I put out a new recipe, but uh, the website is culinarylion.com, and grilling. Uh, 24x7.com is where you're going to find any of my barbecue and uh, grilling recipes. Very cool. Very cool. Any other things that you would like to, to uh, say or address? You know, uh, like I said, you know, it was, it was cool talking to you guys and uh, it was really nice meeting you guys when I was down in Texas. And uh, you know, I didn't really know you guys then it was kind of neat to, you know, be included in the group and, uh, you know, meet some new people. You know, I knew Gormy a little bit. I knew Aaron from AD Keto a little bit. Um, but I, I really had a good time and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really nice building this community. So I appreciate what you guys are doing and, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it a little bit. Absolutely. Well, we're glad that you're a part of it as well. Okay, so let's go around the horn real quick. Uh, Alberto, how can people reach you? Easiest place to get a hold of me is, per usual, is on the Facebook group, uh, Keto Lands Club. Uh, tag me, message me. You'll, you'll be able to find me there. Uh, other than that, on Instagram, I am the Keto Cholo for all my keto and fitness stuff, and then capital underscore painter for like my real job and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, how about you? Uh, find me in the Facebook group, as just mentioned, and also on Instagram at Jim Inman Jr. Uh, you probably see a bunch of pics of uh, Labrador retrievers and the occasional steak. So, yep. And Chris, uh, I am Duckman Keto on Instagram, and uh, you can reach me in the Facebook group as well. Um, so uh, let's uh, review the the podcast contact information, which is uh, important as well. You can go to theketomansclub.com. That's our website. It's actually just a link tree to everything Keto Man's Club. So our Facebook group, the podcast Facebook page, uh, the podcast itself on, on Simplecast, uh, just on down the line. Anything that, that's important links having to do with the Keto Man's Club, it's there, including our social accounts as well. Uh, so please use that uh, because you'll find that that's uh, uh, an easy way to connect with us. If you have a comment or question, you have an inquiry for us of any sort, feel free to email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is ketomansclubpodcast, uh, as as you could probably guess. And so uh, those are ways that you can get in contact with us as a podcast. And we'd love to see uh, what how you're doing, what you're doing, what your journey has been like, and all of that. Um so, yeah, at this uh, at this point, I think that's pretty much it. Any other final words, Jim, Alberto? No, sir. No, I'm just going to say, uh, as you mentioned early on, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, and Christmas is right around the corner, and New Year's and whatnot. So stay strong. Hang in there, gents. Um, you know, the group is growing. Find the podcast page on Facebook as well. 
like and share. There's all kinds of great stories that uh, people are hearing and just check it out and spread the love. Very good. Alberto? I can't follow that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <Okay>. What? <laughs> okay. Well, I, we'll let that be the last word. That's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. <laughs>